Thanks for listening to Boundary Talk. We aim to bring you a roundup of the latest cricket action in less than 10 minutes, and all before your morning commute. Before the time stops ticking, let's get going. Okay, George, the timer has been set. Welcome back to Boundary Talk, and Australia have retained the ashes thanks to the rain. Thanks, Britain, for your amazing weather. You let us all down once again. Now, in all fairness to Australia, they did deserve to win both of the first two tests, and they have played very well throughout the series. And of course, rain was going to be an impacting factor on one of these tests. Just unfortunate, it had to be the one where England were in cruise control and looking set to win. Old Trafford letting us down. Never go to Manchester ever again. It's a terrible place to be. Sorry, anyone who's from Manchester. <laughs> You're going to offend a lot of people there. <laughs> the rain the rain came down heavy on Saturday, for a lot of Saturday and all of Sunday, meaning no play, was, no play was took place on the final day of the test. And England, unfortunately, could not secure victory, meaning the result was a draw and Australia retained the ashes due to the fact that England can only draw the series now. And Australia are the holders. George, where did it all go wrong for England? Where did it all go wrong? Um, I mean, basically, 99% of the fourth test matches certainly went right. I mean, it's definitely the best performance of the of the series so far. What went wrong was those two test matches. And I think decision-making. Um, obviously, we've talked a hell of a lot about that declaration in the first innings. Uh, some of the shots being played at Lords were not intelligent, especially for that level of batsman. Um, but they grew throughout the series. I think um, I think case in point was Harry Brooks' uh, innings at Headingley in comparison to some of his innings he played at Edgebaston and Lords. Completely not not completely changed his game, but just was a lot more reserved, a lot more respectful of Australia's bowlers, a lot more respectful of um, Australia's field placing. Um, but yeah, it's it was it's so frustrating because almost certainly, if I think if we would have had four, maybe just going into the fifth day, we would have we'd almost certainly have won this game. And going into the Oval, it would have been one of the most eagerly anticipated Ashes Test matches that I can remember. So yeah, I think a lot a lot to learn. A lot they have learned throughout the series as well. Yeah, I agree. It's very unfortunate that it hasn't it hasn't gone to the last test. Like even as an Australian fan, if you're listening, you must admit that it would have been an exciting final test. I know you'd rather take the victory or retain the ashes earlier so the pressure doesn't come down to the final test, but there must be a little part of you that's slightly disappointed that it's ended by the rain. Although I have to say, if the if the revolves were reversed, I probably would not be saying this. <laughs> so... I agree. Yeah. <laughs> Let's talk about England's bowling on Saturday. Uh, because they did have a they did have a chance to get at, get at the Australian Australian batsman, but not a huge amount of chance because as we were talking about before before we started the podcast, there was a lot of light affected play, meaning only the spinners can bowl. But if we look at Australia's batsman, the one standout the one standout from that innings is Marnus Labuschagne. He's really held the innings there together there for Australia when after Kawaja and David Warner went without scoring very highly, and Steve Smith and Trazer's head all scored less than thirty runs. And Marnus Labuschagne really managed to keep them in, keep them in the game there with 111 from 173 balls. How frustrating is it that we couldn't get him out? And how frustrating is it that the person that got him out was Joe Roots? <laughs> <laughs> uh, very frustrating. I mean, we all thought this would eventually come. Obviously, we know Caleb, um, our, our faithful colleague, uh, told us that this this would eventually happen, and it did. He looked a lot more assured. Um, 
he left the ball very nicely. Um, yeah, it was it was an innings that we expected. I think that, I don't think there was a huge amount that England could have done. Yes, overhead conditions on that fourth day uh, when it was obviously he very heavily rain affected um, usually favour the bowling team, but there wasn't a lot of movement, especially with that first ball that England used. Um, obviously, they changed it midway uh, through Labuschagne's innings. Um, I don't I don't think there's there's a huge amount they could have done well. I think I think in in that situation, there's just got to be a lot of a lot of credit to Marnus Labuschagne really. With only what I think they only played two hours that day, but um, yeah, apart from the start of the innings, obviously the day before and day three, obviously Woods was absolutely fantastic as he has been ever since he came into the side into this first uh, the third Test match. Sorry, uh, picking up Kawaja, Smith, and Hayes. Those are pretty three key wickets. So. I don't think there's a lot more England bowlers could have done. I think you just have to give a lot of credit um, to Marnus Labuschagne. Yeah, I, I I think I'm inclined to agree. It was difficult difficult for England's bowlers, and they did bowl very well when, with the opportunities they were given, uh, but couldn't find those wickets on the fourth day. Obviously, maybe they expected a bit of play to be happening on the fifth day, but it was not to be. Um, a conversation we were having during England's second in no England's first innings when they were about 150 ahead. I know you were quite keen for them to declare. I was quite keen for them to bat with a bit more aggression. Is that is that Australia bowling well, or is that England's perhaps not letting as loose as they had previously done in other test matches? Um, well, before Johnny Bairstow, I think I was slightly critical of Brooks, uh, Brooks, sorry, and Stokes. I think it was back in the day two. They were going a little bit slower, but it was in the morning of day three as well. They were batting morning of day. Three. Yeah, it a little bit. Um, I would have liked them to step on the gas a little bit more. But having said that, I still think they were going at at an overrate, which most international sides don't really go at. Um, we we all kind of expected them to go at eight nines and over, especially on that um, third day at day three morning. But I think you you've got to have a lot give a lot of credit to the Australian bowlers with their bowling and their field placement. Um, obviously, when Johnny Bairstow got in, the run rate um, kicked up again. Um, obviously, we we were we were discussing this on our on our group chat whether they should declare with roughly uh, one hundred and fifty lead. That's what I was originally um, thinking myself. What while the innings was going on, but I think in ref on reflection, they did do the right thing because getting a lead of what was it 270 280 going into Australia's third in, into Australia's second inning sorry the likelihood is that they would have got over that mate possibly uh from 214 for five they probably would have done but how much would they have got an extra a 50 run lead maybe a hundred if you're being generous and England would have taken England would have done that with ease and I think in terms of time management i think that was in on reflection that was probably the right decision to carry on batting because three maybe three and a half innings is certainly certainly a shorter time period than having four full innings do you think it's maybe slightly trepidation over that declaration in the the first test looking all the way back to that first test which i think everyone agrees was a poor declaration apart from ben stokes um do you think maybe they they overcompensated because of how early they declared in that first test, so they decided to let it play out a little bit longer longer in this one. Um, no, I think I think no, I I think they I think they did make the right decision. Um, I mean, if you if they had gotten to a lead, well, they got to a lead of what two seventy odd, uh, before Australia but went about again. That's not an easy total uh total to change to chase down. Sorry, um, obviously credit to Labuschagne for nearly getting there. 
um, obviously with rain permitted. But I think, as as I was saying, um, originally I I did think that the declaration should have come with a, probably about a one fifty lead. Uh, I wonder what would have what would have happened if maybe the scoring had been a little bit quicker, um, and therefore more time would have been put into the game to bowl Australia out before the rain affected days. Um, but yeah, I think. Yeah, I think on reflection, I think they made the right decision. As uh, I think I saw in an interview with BBC, Ben Ben Stokes firmly suggested that he, if um, people were questioning that this, that declaration, the non declaration, let's say, um, they don't know as much as they do, which is which is fair enough because he is the England cricket captain. <laughs> he is the England cricket captain. In fairness to him, uh, one final conversation I just want to have. This is almost certainly stemmed. From the back of English fans being upset that the rain has ruined the fifth day of, of Test cricket, but I have seen some suggestions online that if a if a day is completely washed out by rain, or ninety percent of the day is washed out by rain, that there should be a backup sixth day to finish the Test. How, in practicality, I don't see why this couldn't be something that's implemented. I'm not just a salty England fan, I swear. Do you think there's any any room for that in the game going forward? Because no one wants to watch four days of Test cricket just for the fifth one to be washed out and and the game effectively drawn because of the rain. So do you think that's something that they should look forward to in future? Or another suggestion I've seen is that because they knew it was going to rain so much on the uh, Saturday and Sunday, they could have played longer on the days where there was good light and good conditions on days where the overrate was already well below what it should be. Yeah, I that last point I certainly agree with. I don't understand why we can't, for one, start earlier and to finish later. Um, yes, it's obviously a lot more tiring for the bowlers um, or for the, the players, whoever's out there at the time. Um, but I don't see any reason why, especially when we're at the peak peak of summer in, in June, July, why they can't play for longer. Uh, in terms of days, I get the argument, but I did see... Um, some I think it was someone from the ICC basically saying they would lose kind of 1.5 million uh due to if you if you did if they did have a reserve day I mean you think about it the, the, in the, in this particular game it would have gone on to a Monday uh there would have been a lot of lost um revenue due to tickets because it is a it is a Monday obviously people can't people can't go um well less people would have been able to go as the Sunday. Um, I would have loved that as again as another salty England fan like myself. I think it would have been great if um, they did have a reserve day, um, especially for such a important series and a, and a series that was going to go down to the final Test match. If if we got a result with England, or with if there were five days, England would almost certainly have won this game. It's frustrating. It's frustrating, but that's just the great British weather. I'd I'd love I'd love there to be. Um, a cricket ground with a massive roof like the Millennium Stadium or something like that. But I, I wonder that there's probably there probably would be a few times where if someone skied a ball, they'd probably hit the roof and it would deter into some some way outside the batsman. So I don't think that's that's a possibility. But it is it's just the British weather, isn't it? It's it's not everyone's friend. It's difficult because I can understand like if it was the other way around, then we as England fact we wouldn't be complaining. We, we wouldn't be suggesting an extra day but I'm just talking about test cricket in general because there is a there is an issue in the world of test cricket at the moment especially with the countries that aren't England and Australia who are struggling to have players for their test cricket teams with everyone going to play one day cricket where they can get big big checks you, if you put people through it's like imagine 85 minutes of a football game you sat there on the edge of your seat and then they just cancel the game 
Like, yeah, that would drive you absolutely crazy. And it is something that's happening in cricket throughout all of cricket history. But the game has to move forward. And I think in future, could be something that they will look at. I'm not a salty England fan, I swear. I, I would love a I would love a, a spare day. Obviously, yeah, I would love a spare day because it would make the occasion a lot more interesting, especially when you get what was that a day and a half, probably more that was rained off. I, I'm not uh, I'm not saying that it, I'm not saying that if the game's just bored out to a draw, they should just add on an extra day. I'm saying if you lose yeah. a whole you lose a whole day, then yeah, I, yeah. If you lose if you lose a whole day, then I think it's definitely a conversation to have. But if it's like maybe half a day. And I think so, like some teams will bat out for a draw. And I, I don't think you should be having a reserve day just so that the team can not bat out a draw. I don't think that's fair. But yeah, in this in this example, where there was a day and a half rain um, cancelled due to rain, I would love there to be an extra day because God, that fifth test match, the world, the world, never mind England and Australia, the world would have been watching. Yeah, I mean, they would pack the stadium easily for a fifth day, even on, they would, they even would on last night. Two ovals, never mind one. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, that's probably a pipe dream, and you know, cricket doesn't want to change. So, Test cricket has shown time and time again that it doesn't really want to adapt to the new age. So, I doubt anything will ever happen with that. But overrates, especially as we mentioned earlier, I think overrates is something they seriously need to look at because there is no reason. On, on Wednesday, Thursday and Friday, they couldn't have started earlier and finished later because they were only bowling. I think I don't think they've reached 80 overs in a single day, which is not good enough considering they're supposed to be bowling 90. So definitely something to look at there. But we will be back for the next test. Thank you very much for listening and bye-bye.